for the beer radio you've been looking for. This is the show that dispels myths, tackles the toughest topics, and makes no apologies for geeking out on beer. Hosted by two guys that drink before they think. Jamil Zainashev and John Palmer. This is Brew Strong. Hey, howdy, hey, my broom brothers and sisters. We're back with Brew Strong. And, you know, I just realized something, that all the problems in the studio during the Jamil show with uh, John Plisse as my co-host, I thought that he, like, he was the, the instigator of all that. Apparently it's me, because I was just bugging the hell out of John Palmer here, <laughs> my, my co-host. I'm like, you know, smacking him, grabbing a nipple, uh, you know, whatever whatever I can. He's like, what the hell? Yeah. What's going on here? I didn't sign up for this. I'm glad to know it was all about John Plissé, not me. <laughs> well, no, apparently I'm a troublemaker. I, I, I'm, I'm screwing it up all the time. Yeah. And you have a thing for guys with JP as their initials, apparently. That's right. Apparently, <laughs> apparently here we have in the studio with us, uh, John, uh, I'm not, not I have a thing for Johns, yeah. and I have a thing and for P. And, P. and yeah. I have a thing for P. Yeah. And uh, I also have a thing for uh, my buddy Jason Petros, a good friend of mine, and uh, a bit of a, uh, an expert on uh, wood aging. And that's what we're talking about, wood aging uh, beers today. Uh, Jason, uh, just uh, recently, he had an article in the May-June issue, 2008 issue of uh, Zymergy, yeah. the, the magazine of the American Homebrewers Association. If you're not a member... Go to the Brewing Network store and uh, you know sign up. A little bit uh, goes to the Brewing Network to help us bring you programming like this, and uh, it really will do a lot of good for you as well. Uh, it's a great, great magazine and uh, great benefits, and also AHA looks out for for homebrewers everywhere. And uh, uh, so uh, JP is a, a bit of an expert on wood aging beers, and uh, I, I read that article and I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was oh, it was very you. good and, and and did a did a great job of kind of introducing. Uh, uh, one to wood aging and kind of uh, uh, naming all the factors involved in wood aging. So we're going to get into that a bit here. You know, the other day, uh, every once in a while, I have some people come over to my house. We're hanging out in the garage. And we're trying different beers, and people bring beers, and we'll try some commercial beers or whatever happens to be uh, you know on the taps that day. And uh, the other day, uh, Nick, uh, a buddy of mine up uh, from... Uh, uh, Folsom, I think he's up, and he comes. I've never been to his house. Oh no, he's up in Rancho Marietta. He comes by, he comes by my house every once in a while. And uh, this last uh, Friday, he came over and uh, he brought uh, some Rodenbach, and we were talking about the kind of the wood aspect of of uh, the oak in the in the Rodenbach in these sour beers. And I happen to have, and, and Justin's taste of this, it's a, a, um, I want a barrel of beer, a wooden barrel of beer at for the Ninkasi in 2007. Right. And uh, we're there in Denver. We drained it all out one way or another. It was quite a mess. Everybody helped out. I was really pleased. I took it home. I immediately filled it with the only beer I had on hand, which in volume, which was a uh, old stock ale from the 2004... Uh, NHC in Las Vegas. I had a couple of kegs of that left. I loaded up with that to keep it keep it from drying out, right? Mm-hmm. But it was a brand new oak barrel. 
And this is, we're talking like a year ago that I did this, right? Brand new oak barrel. It's only had one beer in it previously, and I filled it up with this stuff. And how, what size and then, was it? I don't mean to cut you off. What, what uh, size was eight it? Eight gallon. Oh. So a lot of surface area. You know, if it was a really big barrel, you get less, you know, surface to beer contact. The smaller the barrel, that's what JP's referring to, is the smaller the barrel, the more contact you're getting. So the more oak flavor you're getting. And, then, and if it's a new barrel, you get more flavor. And if it's American oak, you get even more flavor. So you imagine this has been sitting in there a year, and I also added some some Rosalaire. I added some some bugs, right, oh. to kind of sour it up as yeah. well because I like the sour beers. I'm thinking, oh, this is my this is gonna be my sour beer barrel. Well, I pulled some off from time to time and tasted it, and it's you know it was pretty oaky. But uh, uh, we pulled some out and uh, and and we were sampling it, and it's like 70 degrees. You know, it's pretty warm because it was a real hot day. And uh, you know, the first thing I you know stick my nose in the glass, and I'm thinking, you know, what this smells like is geppetto's crotch <laughs> you know this intense woody musty kind of dank sour kind of thing going on like you know geppetto needs to change his underwear yeah. or something because because this is a little bit intense and uh and it was it was uh, it wasn't, other than tasting like geppetto's crotch it wasn't that bad for those of you, you guys are Man. like stunned. Here. Yeah, I can't even believe. That. <laughs> I, uh, I've, yeah. I can't believe you left JP without anything to say. Yeah, <laughs> everybody's just standing there with, with open mouths, kind of looking at me like, "What in the hell are you talking about? What's the matter with you?" And that's just the way I roll. <laughs> Slightly <laughs> disturbed. Well, very yeah. disturbed and, and uh, interested in beer. <laughs> you guys should know that about me by now. You know. I, I, it, anyways. I, I, it was a hey. I just found it very interesting that uh, you know kind of went went over the top. You yeah, know, oh, definitely. I, yeah, left it in too long, and then you know all those other factors. Uh, you know, and uh, you know I'm hoping there's some way of saving this beer. So uh, maybe we'll get into that. Yeah. But uh, you know, uh, JP, could you kind of uh, you know a lot of a lot of people have been brewing for a while. They they know what wood aging is. But if you're just starting out, it's really not that self evident as to exactly what we're talking about. Can you give us kind of a definition of wood aging? What we're what we're talking about here? Yeah, I, I look at wood aging as just uh, having your beer in contact with oak, with toasted oak, um, and and that and that's pretty much it. It could be in the form of uh, during the ferment. It could be in the form of uh, of putting some oak cubes in a keg. For a few months, or or, or, or going the Jamil route, uh, I mean, not o- as overboard, of course, but uh, <clears throat> um, getting a barrel, getting a used barrel, and 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 you know, a lot of clubs will do that. They'll get a full size, you know, barrel, and 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 put some beer in there for like a year or something like that. So it's it's um, and some people might be a little more uh, a little more precise about wood aging. Well, it has to sit on the wood for a particular amount of time. I just think of it as anything that comes in contact with with the toasted oak. Um, during the life cycle of the beer. And so why do you say a used barrel? Um, because generally a new barrel, uh, like Jamil was saying, you know, you, if you, you have a brand new barrel, um, it still has a lot of char on the inside, of it, and especially a small one, has a lot of surface area um, that's in contact with the beer, and it's intense flavors right up front. And generally uh, it's also cheaper to get a used barrel. But also, it's uh, you can you can do more with it. You can kind of let it go a little bit. If you have a, u- a new barrel, brand new, right out of the the, the cellophane, you're going to have to watch it because you don't want to over oak it. So, w- when you're talking about wood aging, you're talking about mainly flavor. But are there other aspects that you're trying to achieve through through aging beer with wood, with it or in it? I guess is, is Both. the question. Right? I've never done it 
in wood. I've never used a barrel because, in in my mind, you can achieve pretty much the same flavors as you can, um, you know, in a, in a keg, putting putting it on chips and oak or or uh, oak cubes or whatever than than you can in a barrel. Um, but there there are some things like if you have a barrel you're going to get a little micro oxidation um you know so you get a little more um, and you guys know more about these flavors than I do so please correct me if I'm wrong but you know you get a little like a plum kind of thing or maybe some sherry notes from the oxidation is mm-hmm. that right yeah um so you can get some of that so like in a stock ale like an old ale something like that would really open it up so, um, so there, there's a, a lot more that you can there, get out of. There's out a of lot the, more. There's, there's tannins, mm-hmm. uh, not the bad astringent tannins, but we're talking, you know, good um, uh, body and mouthfeel mm-hmm. tannins, like like wine, right? right. Same kind of stuff uh, that can really uh, help carry a beer through, also. So, so, so it could be flavor, it could be mouthfeel, exactly right. it could be aroma, you know, aroma. It could yep. be, you know, aging to to get aging flavors and all that as well. Oxygen. Yeah, right. Okay, so what we'll do is we'll take a, a short break, and when we come back, we'll kind of get into more of the technical aspects of, of wood aging beer, and we'll pick JP's mind about uh, you know what you might do and how you might do it to get the best uh, uh, representation of uh, wood aged beer. We'll be cool. back right after this. Brew right, brew smart, brew strong. This is brew strong. What's good for the earth, good for your body, and great for your brew? Organic Ingredients. This October, the Organic Ingredient Expert Seven Bridges Co-op in awesome Santa Cruz, California, hosts the second annual Organic Homebrew Challenge. All ingredients must be organic. Entries will be accepted September 1st through October 10th. Judging October 19th will be followed by an organic Oktoberfest for all participants, customers, and guests at Gordon Biersch Brewery and Restaurant in downtown San Jose, including a specially brewed Gordon Biersch Organic beer for more information contest rules and guidelines visit breworganic.com slash competition and if you're looking for organic ingredients seven bridges offers a huge selection of usda certified kits and raw ingredients from eight ounces to 50 pound sacks of grain whole and pellet hops and all the equipment you'll need seven bridges the organic homebrew experts since 1997 visit www.breworganic.com and enter the 2008 organic homebrew challenge what have you gotten out of a vial of White Labs yeast? WLP 001, Cal Ale, baby! 23, Burton Ale. 008, East Coast Ale! Cal Common, WLP 810. It's gonna be WLP 400 with beer! I got a sweet hoodie for my vial. Huh? White Labs, your source for great brewer's yeast, would like to invite all homebrewers to join the White Labs Customer Club. Redeem your empty vials for great White Labs merchandise and products. Free yeast, glassware, t-shirts, baseball caps, sweatshirts, polo shirts, and you won't believe what you'll get for 5,000 vials. Members also receive a newsletter packed with White Labs updates and facts, interviews with professional brewers, brew-your-own-clone recipes, beercook.com recipes, and customer club stories. The White Labs Customer Club. Save your vials and get in the club. White Labs, it's all in the vial. 
Did you know that every day a brewcaster goes to bed hungry? Did you know that that brewcaster is silently calling for the help of people just like you? Do you know that every day the unicorn and the rainbow have to blow sailors for loose change? For less than the cost of a half-calf, quad-shot, venti, extra-hot, soy milk, triple-pump, hazel, low-fat foam, double-cupped macchiato a day, you can help starving adults in Pacheco. Your love can be felt for as little as seven cents a day. Visit thebrewingnetwork.com slash donate to sign up today for as little as $2 a month. Private first class in the BN Army. Buy your way up the ranks as corporal, sergeant, ranger, or colonel with an easy-to-do monthly donation that keeps brewcasters alive and your favorite internet radio station broadcasting. No donation is too small to help those in need. Can't you find it in your heart to share your love with a brewcaster? In return, you will enjoy the wealth of knowledge that comes with every episode of the session. The Jamil Show and Yes even that other show. Thank you for listening, and please sign up for your donation at thebrewingnetwork.com slash donate today. This Sit down next to it, grab yourself a paper towel, and watch those yeast have sex. You're listening to The Brewing Network. Learning to brew has never been so disgusting. This is Brew Strong. All right, we're back. We're talking uh, wood aging. We're talking about wood. And, uh, you know, I think when I mentioned to my my good friend here, John Palmer, about uh, being co-host with me on this new show... I think he had no idea what he's getting himself in for. <laughs> and when the mics are off, uh, I don't know what what happens around here. I, it's just uh, it's it, yeah, it's the fact that we're all having such a good time that I think kind of kind of makes things get a little out of hand <laughs> in the studio. And that's why you know if you get you know at the NHC this year, the plan was to do a live show there, and we did, but unfortunately I wasn't there. But and I think you know it would have been totally out of hand if I was there. Yeah. <laughs> so we're gonna we gotta try and do another one at this year's uh, NHC here in uh, Oakland in 2009 June 2009 uh, the AHA's uh, National Homebrewer Conference is going to be in Oakland. I'm really looking uh, forward to that. The Brewing Network's yeah. gonna be there in en mass and and have a lot of entertaining things going on. So you want to show up for that one. And uh, if you're not a member of the AHA, you know, get yourself over to the brewingnetwork.com. Go to the click on the store button, and you can uh, sign up for memberships there. While you're at it, pick up a Bruce Strong shirt. Uh, oh, they're out of them right now, but you know, by the time this is uh, this is archived, maybe maybe you know, keep checking back. You, you get a chance of getting one of these these bad boy shirts that uh, uh, both uh, Palmer and I are wearing. One. You know, we should we should sign the shirt for the next printing. Yeah, there you go. I think we get ourselves a silver pen and uh, yeah. a white pen and sign these bad boys. They come in black. And a wimpy other color, man. They're, they're good looking. Make sure shirt. these are only in black, buddy. I'm wearing mine. Large sizes in black. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and here's the thing. All right. So, so here, here. All right. So, I get easily distracted, as you can tell. I don't oh. know if it's like a, you know, <laughs> breaking out the fanny some, pack. some sort of disorder that I have, but I get easily distracted. And uh, as listeners of the Jamil Show can tell you. All right. So here's a nice uh, Celis Belgian style uh, beer, you know, shirt. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. Right. It's a freaking medium. They sent me a medium. I know. Who? What? What? What beer guy can wear a medium sized shirt? It was. A, it was a giveaway that they got that they were just giving to you. That's a second gift. 
Yeah, it's, well, yeah it's, you got regifted. Like, you got regifted. <laughs> but it's like you know when when they ask for donations and the and the, the places kindly send things out, they look at the sizes of shirts that they're never ever going to sell. Yeah. And that's oh, yeah. for for beer geeks. Medium is not you know don't even bother printing <laughs> up a medium. When people ask for medium, just say ah oh, I'm sorry we don't make those because beer people need at least a large. The little beer beer people need a large, and so you you medium wearing folks, you know Eat, go ahead and, yeah. and and do a large here. Right? Eat so, a hamburger. So uh, we have this fine shirt. If anybody, uh, if anybody wants this, uh, yeah, just, for that just let me know. After that spiel, yeah, I was gonna. Yeah. That's a nice shirt, but it's a medium. Now I guess you could give it to your, you know. Well, it's too big for Schumann, so three-year-old child. But uh, not gonna work on this, uh, this, this, this mound of love right, right here, huh? <laughs> huh? <laughs> I send my my kids to school wearing beer shirts. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't surprise me, Palmer. <laughs> well, when when. Uh, well, my kids were in elementary school. You know, the 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 classes. One of the classes they do, they go, well, you know, they they you know, they're supposed to interview their parents and things like that, and or you know, talk about their families and everything. And and apparently, one of my daughters, when she's like in second grade or something, you know, oh, what are, you, what are your parents? What are your parents like? Right? What are your parents <laughs> like? And my daughter said, my dad likes beer. <laughs> <laughs> and so we hear back from the teacher, you know, uh, you, I'm thinking, well, you know. maybe you're drinking too much, Mr. Exactly, Zanishev. I know, like, yeah. like I'm a freaking alcoholic here, you know, like I'm like falling down, I'm I'm clean and sober, I'm there at all my child's events, I'm, you know, I walk them to school, things like that, I'm not like, I mean, you know, can, can my, it, da- my the- dad likes beer, is somehow equated yeah. with alcoholism, yeah. no, I like beer, I love beer, I think, you know, beer is, you know, one of the most amazing things that, uh, you know, uh, humans have, have figured out how to make, and uh, but somehow the rest of the population equates me with uh, you know guzzling forties on the on the corner. <laughs> yeah, and you hadn't thought that had gone past CHA. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, my dad likes beer. All right, so again, I get totally off track. That's why we're we're at least a half hour behind. Yeah. <laughs> so JP, do you prefer American wood or international wood? <laughs> Big wood, whatever I can get, hardwood. No, all right. So, 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 tell us that that's a good question. What uh, you know, what what kinds of wood are there, and why would you use one or the other, or you know, what's the process? So, I I I got a a, a question from somebody. Um, okay. And if I could just find it, do you want uh, to answer the four you just asked me, or you want to wait for the fifth one and just kind of do them all at once? <laughs> no, just, just I'm, I'm waiting on the fifth one here. Uh, uh, and, uh, and how did I put these out of order? See, I'm not, you know, I get a couple of beers in me. I, I just have no, no clue. Well, I can start in. I mean, there's, there's basically okay. three, there's, a, I mean, there's a lot of types of oak, you know, but three major ones that we all like to use in the fermentation industry, whether it's wine or beer or, you know, whatever. And that's American, French, and Hungarian. And they all have different flavor compounds. Uh, they're all toasted to certain levels. It's usually a light, a medium, medium plus, or a heavy toast. Um, and it's the heat uh, that really breaks down these chemicals and, and brings out certain flavors that, that are just ingrained, no pun intended, right. in the oak. So, so here's the question. It was the one on top. Okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> the, the one I had put that'll, in order. I that'll do it. Somehow uh, escaped me. But uh, uh, let's see here. Um, this was actually uh, came in. Uh, you guys were saying. Uh, I'm getting ready to put a Christmas ale into secondary and considering some wood chips or something similar to add some wild characteristics. 
Any suggestions or advice, pro or con, on this idea? I've never used wood chips before. Do I buy them or do I make them? Do I char them first? What What do I need to do? You know, uh, that's the question. So, Does so you can it? go to the store. You can go to uh, Northern Brewer. You can mm-hmm. go to More Beer. You can go to your local homebrew shop, which is probably your best idea. Go yeah. to your local homebrew shop, support them, and uh, you know, ask them for some wood chips. Or it comes in what chips, chips, cubes, cubes sawdust. Uh, what they call barrel replica kits, where they'll actually have like staves of barrels um, on strings. They'll have all sorts of stuff. But uh, did he say what kind of beer he's making? Because that makes a difference. Christmas ale. Christmas ale. Um, and uh, by the way, if you don't live near a beer shop, if you live near maybe a wine shop, if you live in wine country, uh, the winemaking industry is the one who uses these a lot as well, and that's mm-hmm. how we get them in. So you know, don't you know, if you don't have a beer shop, you can go to a wine shop. But uh, a Christmas ale, it depends on how much, how long he wants to age it. Uh, in, in, in my experience, and the people I've, I've spoken with, um, oak chips last about two weeks or so for flavor like oak flavor and then you start pulling in some of those uh some of those tannins we spoke about earlier not necessarily um astringent tannins although it can go that way you know later on down the road if you leave them in too long um but you you, you're mainly i think talking body and complexity tannins Uh, it's kind of um uh, hard to explain for for me, but uh, it's, well, it's, 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 it's 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 like it's mouthfeel. Mouthfeel is the word I'm looking for. Um, and then and then if you leave them in there, you know, too long, six weeks or something like that. I think it, I think you start pulling in the t- the, the the astringency kind of thing, mm-hmm. where it kind of like puckers your mouth. Mm-hmm. You know, when you drink a wine, like a red wine, it mm-hmm. kind of like kind of like uh, dries out your palate. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of like sharp. Well, and that can add to the it's the same kind of thing dryness of the finish. And exactly, you know, depending right. on the beer, maybe that's a good thing. Maybe it's a bad thing. And right. It, it could go either way, right? Yeah, I I, I agree. Um, so so I go into the store, right. And I say, I want some some uh, oak. It's always oak, right? Or it can yeah. be other woods. It um you know it it can be other woods, but but for the most part, it's oak. Right. Um, that that's what we've been using. If you're starting out, don't screw around with anything else. Just no, use don't oak go and... get some maple or something like that. Um, right. And I think a lot of it has to do with uh, the oils inside the wood, right? The saps, uh, saps, and, and stuff and... like that. Yeah. So you, you want to stick with oak. Don't mm-hmm. go to a furniture store and buy a table leg or something like that mm-hmm. out of the dumpster. So there's different formats of oak. Are there different types of oak? Should I be looking for, you know, no. uh, uh, you know? Uh, no, I don't know the, the the family or the the genus or whatever of you know the the specific oak, uh, but it's just oak. You go into a brew shop or a winemaking shop, and you say you want toasted oak. Well, it's usually going to be toasted. Well, and there's le- different levels of toast and there's different, different uh, levels of toast. Con- countries of oak. Yeah. Well, there's 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 American, French, and Hungarian. Mm-hmm. Those are the three main that, that most, everyone, most common that everyone plays with, uh-huh. uh, and there will be different levels within those within those three f- families. So you can get an American at a light lighter toast and out of that you're going to get a lot of um you know like uh coconut kind of fresh oak flavors mm-hmm. uh where on the opposite side of the spectrum if you go hungarian uh heavy toast you're going to get a lot of spiciness and kind of clovey mm-hmm. uh flavors and and you know in between there there's a, an entire range so it depends on what you're looking for maybe with a christmas beer um you don't want something to accentuate those spices maybe you want to just have an american oak um to put in a little vanilla and quality to it mm-hmm. Um, you know, so you would go like an American uh, medium toast, or right. even a French medium toast. So, in the toast levels, from from light, I know there's medium, medium plus. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, what a heavy. There's yeah, yeah. Generally, those and are that's it. that's how much they're when they 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 take an open flame and they 
literally toast the inside of the the barrel and get it kind of a it, it raises some of the oils and stuff out of the out of the barrel it converts some you get some melanoidin uh, would would you be getting yeah. melanoidin uh, uh, and caramelization in that John yeah you would you get definitely the melanoidins mm-hmm, you get mm-hmm. the browning reactions going on and well uh, and there's some sugars in the wood are there not yeah. uh, they're from the starches yes, the, which they it breaks down upon heat mm-hmm. into sugars the the car it's it's the carbohydrates breaking down into sugars and and you apply a, a heat and there's a low moisture and it, there's oxygen so you get mm-hmm. some caramelization as well or no i i am not positive about that i I'm, i know for sure that you would get mayards mm-hmm. and uh and you would get some charring you mm-hmm. know, at the very highest toast i mean you blacken the thing you can but, you can get um what they call confectionery compounds Okay. From uh, from heavier toasts, things like you know, like a custard or butterscotch or oh, something wow. like that, and I think you know and caramels, okay. and I think that's really um, that's what you're talking about. It's, it's the browning of the, of the sugars, um, right? And in, in the heavier in the heavier toast. And just off the off the bat, you know, I never thought, oh, you know, there, you know, something like wood could have sugars in it. But then I learned that you know all starches, you know, carbohydrates, sugars, you know, mm-hmm. they're all kind of related, and yeah. And there's a, yeah. yeah, it all kind of, you know, there's, there's, there's things that can, you know, there's always some overlap here or there. And uh, it, it's not huge, I think. I, you know, I'm no. looking at a caramel uh, uh, candy, but, you know, you're, no, there could be some subtle uh, undertones there. There are definitely subtle. And we're looking at, we're looking at over the span of, uh, if you want to do it right, I guess, uh, we're going over the span of months. You know, of of slow dosing your beer with these oak flavors because the the beer will absorb the uh, absorb or the wood will absorb the beer, and then it 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 pulls out these compounds mm-hmm. that are just that are just really round and complex. Do you do you know when when uh, you have a higher alcohol beer mm-hmm. versus a lower alcohol beer? Do you dissolve? Does the alcohol act as a solvent and draw out more of those compounds versus a beer that's lower in alcohol? You know, I, I I would think so, but I I'm not I'm not positive. I haven't done any I haven't done any with with real high alcohol beers. It would be it would be different. Yeah, it would, I think it, I think it would Most it would definitely be different. Yeah, right. right. And uh, you know, hard to say which. I did uh, uh, for the NHC in uh, 2004 in Las Vegas. We did uh, we brewed a three barrel batch. We put half of the beer in uh, used Jim Beam barrels, mm-hmm. and then half in stainless. And we aged them, you know, side by side, but in the, the different containers. And then for the NHC, we bottled up half and half. And and the idea was people would compare the two and see the, see what 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 the difference was. That was the greatest idea. Yeah, I, I don't know how well it worked, but it worked. I, I, I think I it was, was great. It was. I thought it was a really good idea too. You know, people could learn from you know trying out these commemorative beers. And what I did was uh, at More Beer, they're very kind. They uh, they put the the Jim Beam barrel on a pallet, and uh, they lifted it up on their racks. It was like uh, 80 degrees up there, and I'd have to go up every week. Uh, Regan or somebody would would lift me on the uh, on the pallet jack, you know, up to the ceiling, and mm-hmm. uh, that's quite a ride, I'll tell you. <laughs> yeah. And I would uh, open up the barrel, and sure enough, there's a couple of pints missing every week. I mean, what's happening with that? Why Why was I missing a couple of pints of beer every week? It's evaporating. And it, uh, but it's a closed barrel. How's it evaporating? It's <clears throat> well, you got oxygen coming in. Mm-hmm. You've got uh, vapors coming out too. It's that micro penetration. So, what wood. kind of vapors are coming out? Is it alcohol vapors or alcohol. water and vapor? Yeah, I mean, or? yeah, I mean that's that's the whole thing with uh, you know whiskey whiskey aging. Mm-hmm. You know, they they lose uh, a couple pints uh, a year or month. You know, it depends how old that barrel is. Called the mm-hmm. angels' share, right? Yeah. yeah, like the angels have come and drank that, yeah. right? And it concentrates. And 
Yeah, it, the, for this it was a, a good pint or two each week, and it may have have done with the, the fact that it was like eighty five to ninety degrees there at the <laughs> top of help. the racks. <laughs> but uh, I would fill it from the uh, the stain one of the stainless kegs. I'd top it up each week, and because uh, when you're doing aging in a barrel, you don't want a big oxygen surface area, right? You want to keep right. that thing filled to the top. You definitely do, yeah. So if you so if you get a barrel, uh, you want to have like a five-gallon keg. I think that's what you did, right? You had a five-gallon keg or something for your top off. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, at that point, it's just like working in a winery where you you, you need a top-off wine to put back into the barrel to to displace all that all that oxygen, or maybe it's CO2 so you need at to, that point. You need to you know? plan for it. Exactly right. Yeah. You need to have some leftover. Yeah. You can't have a 30-gallon a 30, uh, barrel and have 30 gallons of beer exactly and let it age for a year because you're not going to get 30 back. Right. You're going to need a, a, a few gallons yeah. to, to do that. So maybe get yourself an extra five gallons set aside. Mm-hmm. And uh, This was a 52-gallon barrel, and uh, over the course of six months, I probably put a couple of gallons of, of beer into it. And, it. and it seemed to, you know accelerate a little bit over time and then it slowed down a little bit but initially it didn't go very fast and i, I imagine that was like kind of the wood the initial you know period there yeah. that. all right so what we're going to do we're going to take a short break and when we come back we'll get into uh, some more email questions we'll get into more of uh, picking jp's brain and jp's brain and uh, this makes it really easy for me and we'll be back uh, right after this this is Bruce Strong. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Sean O'Sullivan, the brewmaster and co-founder of the 21st Amendment Brewery and Restaurant in San Francisco. Six years ago, Nico Freccia and I opened the 21st Amendment on 2nd Street with the intent of bringing back the local neighborhood brew pub. Well, the neighborhood has really changed over the years, but the 21st Amendment still remains a great place for people to meet over a terrific meal and a tasty pint of beer. In the past, the only way you could enjoy the 21st Amendment's handcrafted beers was at the brew pub. Well, all that has changed. Now, the 21st Amendment beers are available in cans. That's right, cans. When was the last time you had a great beer in a can? Well, that day has come. We're offering our world-famous watermelon wheat and 21A IPA in cans. Cans are a better package than glass because cans keep the beer fresher longer, but you can also take cans to places where bottles can't go, like the beach, lake, golf courses, and sporting events. So join us in the revolution to take back the can from the big breweries and crack open a cold 21A craft beer in a can. The 21st Amendment, 563 2nd Street in San Francisco, just two blocks from John. Park. <laughs> oh, crap. It's the hop shortage. He's in the basement. Oh, please. My triple decocted imperial pilsner. It's all gone. We'll never brew again. Damn this hop shortage. Damn it to hell. What is this? Hop shortage? Who are you guys? Ich bin Doppelbach. Ich bin Kölsch. Und ich bin Münchener Helles. We don't need a lot of hops to be delectable. Now brew something. Malzi. Use less hops, brew more beer. Northern Brewer has kits and ingredients for dozens of worldwide beer styles that don't require a lot of hops to make a great pint, like the Cool Blonde Kolsch or the ponderously bottom-heavy Doppelbach. Keep drinking great beer. Order at northernbrewer.com and get flat rate $7.99 shipping anywhere in the contiguous U.S. One beer kit, $7.99 shipping. One million beer kits, $7.99 shipping. Together we can beat this hop shortage. <laughs> Now get blowing! Live! Beer Radio! 
The Brewing Network. The Brewcasters. If you're just starting, don't be discouraged by all this stuff. It's exactly. so easy. Just throw it yeah. together. Put yeah. some sugar and some water and some yeast in there. Yeah. Network. <laughs> <laughs> Back to the two guys that know how to turn beer into beer. This is Brew Strong. All right, we're back. We're talking about uh, wood in beer. And uh, not necessarily wood aging and mm-hmm. putting it in a barrel. Well, we're talking about that, too. But, you know, putting wood in a beer and, and, and getting beer flavors. So we kind of right. covered, uh, you know, you go down to your homebrew shop and you buy some cubes. Uh, instead of chips or sawdust or mm-hmm. extract or anything, cubes is probably your best choice. And then uh, there's the, the different varieties that are going to provide different flavors. And uh, you know, I, I get a question here about, uh, you know, once you get the cubes, what you do to them before you, you put them in your beer. Uh, Mark uh, emailed me, and he said, I bought the, the uh, a kit for Vinny's Blind Pig IPA, which yeah. uses oak chips added to the fermenter. Now, does that use chips or cubes? That one uses chips. Now, there's a de- okay. it, depending on what you want to do, if you want to go back just a sec, um, I like putting chips in the ferment. Uh-huh. Because what, what and, and some people go, well, you know, is it going to over-oak? You know, you were talking about vanilla flavors and caramel flavors and stuff coming through. Is that going to be carrying through to my, my keg? And then you put cubes in there. Is it going to be this big vanilla mess? Mm-hmm. The, um, the yeast will actually scrub out a lot of the aromatics mm-hmm. from the chips, from, mm-hmm. the, from the oak. Um, and those will just release off. So what you have left is a lot of layering and structuring tannins. Well, here's kind of my take on it is uh, if you have a beer that you don't want to age a long time, which mm-hmm. an Imperial IPA, you do not want to age no. that very long. I mean, it, it goes south pretty quick. You need to eat, you need to drink that thing up, uh, you know, fairly quick. So is that you don't a geographical want... pun, by the way? India Pale Ale going south? <laughs> uh, At least I'm you're sorry. paying attention. Go ahead. Uh, no, uh, so. So you don't want to age it for very long. If you had cubes and you wanted to age it a long period of time, yeah. that might be a problem. Versus if you have a beer you want to age a long period of time, if you put chips in, you're going to have to get it off those chips real quick. Exactly. And you, you get a, probably a, a different flavor altogether of chips versus cubes, right? You do, definitely. And and the reason is when, when they make chips, they they cut the chips and they put them in an oven and they toast them. And it's one level. You know, mm. you look at the chip, it's very flat, it's one color on both sides, um, but a cube, what they do, they'll taste, they'll taste, they'll toast the staves, the actual components of the barrel, and then uh, they'll cut them into like six millimeter cubes, mm-hmm. and so, um, not six millimeter cubes, but anyway, they cut them into cubes, and, and so what you see on the side of a cube, if you if you take a cube, one side will be... Real uh, dark. Will and be the, dark, and yeah, then yeah, you, 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 you kind of look on the side, and there's different layers. Right, you know? so it goes from, from the toasted down right. to where it's untoasted completely, so yeah. ah, I see what you're saying, you, you're going to get different flavors just from the, the fact that you've got these different levels of toast throughout the entire cube. Exactly right. And it's kind of, uh, you taste what you see. You know, you have a one very, very uh, monochromatic, one-dimensional flavor from chips. Mm -hmm. And from oak, you get, uh, um, I would say, a plethora of flavors. From oak cubes. From oak cubes, exactly right. Because you have the layers, the wood, uh, the beer penetrates the wood. And uh, pull, and just it, the deeper it goes, the more complex flavors it can it can pull out. So that that my big word book you got him for Christmas, Justin, was yeah, paying I, off. I was watching the Three Amigos the other day. So. <laughs> 
<laughs> plethora. Now, uh, all right, so uh, getting back to Mark's email, yeah. he says, My beer had an off flavor, which leads me to believe I introduced a bug into my beer by dumping the oak chips straight from the packaging to the fermenter. It's possible. Should I have sanitized them first? If so, how? So can star sand, heat in the oven, boil... If I do sanitize them, I'm concerned about using the correct process to avoid killing the flavors they are supposed to impart. What do you suggest? Um, you know, I I'm kind of on the fence on both of those things. Uh, I used to think I used to be of the opinion of uh, of I just threw them in. I've never had a problem um, that I could detect. You know, I always put that caveat on it that I'm not uh, my palate's not the best. So I've never had a problem that I know of. Mm-hmm. But if you tasted it or if Palmer tasted it, it might be completely different. Uh, my friend Shay told me what he does with his is he'll put uh, he'll put him in a little bit of water in a in a, a Pyrex you know measuring cup, put a saucer on it, put it in the microwave, mm-hmm. and heat it for two minutes, well, and what? then let it cool and do it again, and it'll steam it. Right. What what I'll do is I'll boil up a a thing of water, a little mm-hmm. cup of water. Yeah. Right. And it's I I don't keep it boiling, but I get it boiling, and then I throw my chips in there, mm-hmm. kind of shake it around, and let it get down to you know a lower temperature. I cover it with something, and uh, you know I figure that's got to pasteurize it. You know, yeah. it, it's getting the temperature of the entire cube up to you know at least 170 degrees for 15 minutes, mm-hmm. and nothing's really going to survive. But I doubt that that was the problem in this in this beer. And I've got a couple of reasons why. The Blind Pig IPA has a ton of hops. Okay, now the hop, uh, the the hop resins will coat the uh, any cells, uh, you know, bacterial cells, yeast cells, keeps it from reproducing. Oh, really? Yeah. And it's it's wow. you know so that's that's why you know, the whole thing. So it actually prevents reproduction. So if you're getting it, you'd you'd have to wait a long time, and it might happen. But you know, there's a, a quite a bit of alcohol. There's a real high level of hop. Uh, yeah, compounds in there. I think mm-hmm. you're going to lose IBUs to the wood, to the chips. Yeah, but I, you know, so I, I just don't think that that was was the issue. Uh, I think it might have been something else. I, you know, but for safety's sake, you know, I'll do this, and then uh, you know, I'll put the entire juice that yeah. I've steeped them in. I'll t- I'll toss the whole thing into the fermenter. And I haven't run into any bad flavors from that. I mean, do you think I might have a problem with that, JP? I no, I don't think so because because you know, uh, and and I think that worry about extracting the goodness from the the chips or the cubes um, goes away at that point if if you're adding the the kind of sauce that uh, you know mm-hmm. that you create from the water. Well, and I've pressure cooked them too. And that's usually what I do if I don't have the time. I'll well pressure cooking. You can do it in a you know a couple of drops of water, mm-hmm. and uh, you know it gets steamed and it gets uh, to two hundred fifty degrees for you know twenty some odd minutes, and it's, they're sterile. And I, th- I think that should be fine. Yeah, yeah. And it, it may have some impact on the flavor, but I gotta think it's kind of minimal because when they toast it, they get pretty hot. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, they do, and 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 we handle them pretty well. I've uh, I've heard stories uh, um, about about places who will they'll just have oak chips in a jar on the counter, and you go you reach know, in with I your want hand some oak and, chips, and you reach in with your hand right. and, you and you put grab them in your own little bag, and you grab. Right. <laughs> and I, you know, I think, and you're not. I'm not putting that in my beer. I'm sorry, but I'm not. If, if you're, you know, if you're going to be drinking this beer in a few months. I can't imagine you're really going to have much of a problem. Uh, yeah, I think the stuff that's packaged up from your homebrew shop, mm-hmm. that's going to be okay. If it's like, you know, a, a grab bag of leftover chewing gum and, uh, you know, whatever else, uh, you know, hand cheese in a barrel, <laughs> I wouldn't quite use that. But no. uh, I, th- I think most of the packaged stuff is fine. And, yeah, uh, exactly. But if you want something that you're going to age for, you know, a year, and then afterwards you're going to keep it for five years, 
uh, maybe a, a sanitizing step is due. I wouldn't use any chemicals to sanitize. No. And don't soak it in iota four or star sand or anything like that. No, I'd use, use water. heat. Yeah, heat and water. That's what I'd recommend too. Mm-hmm. So what what is the temperature and time that that they need to get to 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 kind of make Pasteurize. sure? Pasteurize. Yeah. Well, as you said, um, 170 for five minutes, 180 for just a minute. Mm-hmm. That will sanitize, and even like a hundred and fifty, you can you can pasteurize something at one hundred and fifty. It takes longer, right? Right. It's all it's a function of time and temperature. So the hotter the temperature, shorter the time, and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Now you know what what could have happened with this guy. Um, he may have just gotten a hold of a Brett infection too. That's always a possibility with wood. Right. Brett mm-hmm. will live in the wood. That's true. Yeah. And Brett will will pretty much keep chugging away and outlast anything, but it takes a while. For for the Brett to really uh, kind of get going, right? Mm-hmm. But that'll have a that'll have a musty and phenolic character first in, you know, at the beginning, mm-hmm. which would maybe what he was detecting. Mm-hmm. Okay, and uh, all right. So we've we've uh, we've uh, now figured out uh, what to do to the oak before we add it. So we we toss it in. How much oak do you toss into uh, your given five gallon batch of beer? Well, um, as Chris White likes to say, it depends. Mm-hmm. You know, um, what, what I like to use oak on for the most part is my oatmeal stout. And so I'll do, um, you know, I'm just starting to put oak in the ferment. Uh, so I'll put half an ounce for 10 gallons, maybe an ounce for 10 gallons. Um, and then uh, this last time I put uh, two ounces uh, for five gallons. How many mm-hmm. handfuls is that? I don't know. I think it's a tiny handful. I just I just use the pre-measured packs from oh, okay. uh, from work, so... Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not much. It's it's really not much at all. Well, the more oak you put in it, the shorter amount of time you need to start noticing flavor. But yeah. it's a different flavor. So if so, if I was to put you know a pound of oak cubes in a five gallon batch of uh, American <laughs> Pale Ale, yeah, you would taste it really quick. And let's right. say after a day, you pull the oak cubes out. Mm-hmm. Versus if I took uh, an ounce and put that in the same Pale Ale. It'll take several weeks before I really notice a, a real oakiness, maybe, and it'll be a different kind of oakiness. Yeah, it'll, it'll be the the stuff that you quickly get out of the oak versus the stuff that takes time to for the beer to soak in. Yeah, and to completely extract and and marry throughout the beer, right? Exactly right. I I, I find it takes three or four weeks till you really you really start. I mean, you can put it in a week, and a week later you'll notice that there's something different in there. Um, but I think it's just like with aging a beer. Normally, you know, it it it, it takes it takes some time for the flavors to kind of meld into, especially when you're dealing with oak cubes to fully come out of the wood first. So, um, I think you know you, you first notice these uh these uh vanilla compounds that kind of stuff some soft caramels and then you get you know deeper into the clove and the spice kind of things depending on the wood uh, the longer it kind of sits in there and and you also find you know the like the toasted coconut levels and there's all sorts of funky stuff in there but uh and the stuff that comes out first it only just gets more defined as you as you as you let it go in there well let's go over the amounts again so you're saying Mm -hmm. like a a half an ounce for five gallons or an ounce for 10 gallons of Chips, yeah, in in the ferment. Okay, yeah. in the ferment, or yeah. uh, if you use cubes, and if you use that uh, after the primary, what, mm-hmm. how would you do that? I put them in a keg. So okay, I'll, in the keg. Yeah, so so I'll 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 rack my beer, and then I'll I'll put the the, the cubes in there. And a, and about an ounce or how? Yeah, much? Uh, about an ounce. I've played around with it. I, I'm I'm up to two ounces now, um, because what I what I really want to encourage, and what I really tried to encourage with the article was uh, was um, 
uh, everything in moderation. You know, I've had a lot of, of wood-aged beers and oaked beers that are just over-the-top oak. It's like bourbon oak, and then, yeah, I guess there's a beer in the background somewhere. <laughs> but I really like to try to find to try to try find that, um, that uh, you know, kind of that sweet spot them. in there. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So I started out with, with, with one ounce, and uh, I played around five months, eight months, you know, a year. Where does it come? Where does it stop? What, what's going on? And then this time I bumped it up to two ounces with a little bit of oak in the ferment. And I like that approach a lot. It's it's like the one-two punch of here's your good foundation, um, and then all your other aromatics and flavors are coming in from, from higher quality um, oaks, okay. I think. And then um, you put you put that uh, two ounces of cubes in the keg, and mm-hmm. did you take them out after a time then, after a month? I haven't. I haven't yet. Um, okay. I, I leave them in there because I, I, I'm at that stage where I'm still trying to figure out how long it takes. Like right now, um, I have a, a, an oatmeal stout that I brewed in February that's still on oak, and I have it hooked up to the In tab. August, yeah. What's that? In August. Yeah, in August, exactly. So, um, um, and just seeing how everything kind of comes together, and I love it right now. I, I did a uh, English barley wine similar, and I, I put oak, uh, an ounce of oak in a five-gallon keg English barley wine. I planned on leaving it in there a long time. Mm-hmm. Turns out I left it in there a little over a year and a half, two years. And at the end, the, the oak cubes were pretty much dissolved. <laughs> I was surprised because you wouldn't think it would completely break them down, yeah. but uh, it, it broke them down pretty good. They were little rounded nubs, and uh, he said little rounded nubs. Uh, and when when uh, <laughs> I make myself it's the laugh. serious show, everybody. Yeah, no. Little rounded. Justin's nubs. looking at me like I'm a crazy man. Uh, no, uh, and uh, you know. It, it was way over oaked, and yeah. it took it took a couple of years for it to finally kind of fall out. But now it's an award winning, uh, you know, beer, and it and 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 it's taken six seven years, but it's 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 beautiful. And uh, uh, Brian he emailed me and he said, uh, Jamel, I put about two ounces of medium toasted oak cubes in a Russian imperial stout. Your recipe uh, from the Brewing Classic Styles book, which you can buy from mm-hmm. the uh, thebrewingnetwork dot com. Go to the store, you get a signed copy. Mm-hmm. A couple of weeks ago, I definitely tasted the oak. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, you put the uh, two ounces in. Uh, I definitely taste the oak character now at a level I find very pleasing. The beer itself is pretty young, and I plan on aging it at least six months before consumption. Does wood character dissipate over time or remain fairly stable? If it's stable, I'm leaning towards racking it off the wood now. If it lessens, then I should probably let it sit on the wood a bit longer. What do you suggest? Thanks in advance for your input. Uh, I, I told him, I said, you know, it does lessen to some extent. Um, you know, it, 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 it takes quite a while for it to drop out, so I wouldn't go nuts on overdoing this. But I suggested to him he, he push it a little bit more, because if you want to wait a year to drink the beer, uh, it will drop a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so you need to kind of goose it up a little bit. What do, what do you guys say? That's, that sounds good to me. Okay. Yeah, I, I, th- I think so too. And 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 if you want uh, some of those characters to bind in the beer, um, you know, put put a little bit in the ferment. Um, hmm. You know, s- some of those compounds will will actually bind up in 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 the beer, much like they do with wine, um, to create that kind of base flavor um, of of the oak. And um, um, we, you know, I don't know how much it'll dissipate, but y- you know, you could even stop. Right now, depending on how you're doing your aging, mm-hmm. and if if you find it's dissipating to where you don't like it, put more oak in it. Well, and again, like uh, you can you always know, do it again. You can't. Oh, you can't uh, fix it. An ounce of medium toast French 
left in for a year and a half, <laughs> it's taken about <laughs> four years for it to dissipate. Yeah. So it does eventually, you know, drop down. But uh, again, it's 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 got a nice oak to it. So so yeah, I, I think you know go go a bit more, but depending uh, don't, on how don't much. don't go nuts. No, no, uh, no. And you could always add more to it later, except yeah. once once it's in bottles, it's kind of hard to open up and toss in another yeah. cube. I don't know. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It depends on how, it depends on how you're aging it, you know, and for how long you want to. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? If you if you, it's something you want to keep around for years and years and see how long you can do it, then then yeah, that's you know right. that's great. Yeah. Our home brew club did a uh, oak barrel uh, experiment with the with the brown ale, uh-huh. and we had it on we had it in the barrel as a you know full size uh, what fifty gallon barrel, um, and it was a used barrel, but within you know three weeks it had all the oak character for the for a brown ale we would want. Um, we, we left it in there another month before we divvied it up into the club. Everybody brought a corny and, and took some away. And by that time, the oak character was too strong. It was too, too mm-hmm. it made the brown ale too tannic. Right. But I right. suspect that uh, now that it's off the oak, if we let that sit, you know, for another few months. So I, I think there's a balancing act there. There definitely is. Where, uh, you know, if you add too little oak, and you leave it in there for a long period of time, you can get too much tannins like JP was talking about. Yeah. If you put too much oak in, uh, you don't quite get the right complexity of flavors before it becomes overwhelming. What you want is kind of the middle of the road where you're getting the complex flavors, you're not extracting excessive tannins, and the beer's not overaging. And so that's going to vary with each different beer. Personally, I start with an ounce or two ounce almost always in any beer that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Is am am I wrong mm-hmm. in that? No. Is that is that like a good guideline that, to start with? That's a great guideline. Yeah, and, and cubes. Yeah, and if you're using chips, that's going to be different, right? Those right. are faster. Less you need less of them. Yeah, and again, there are different there are different tannins. Like we're like we're used to talking about in, in beer making. You know, when, when your your mash is too uh, or your your sparging too hot, or you know you, your boiling grains or you know whatever you're doing, uh, it's a different tannin. You know, these are these are structural tannins. Think of it from a winemaker's perspective. Um, and you know you'll be fine. Don't be afraid of of the word tannin mm-hmm. when you're talking yeah, it, about it, oak. It can actually add to the beer. Certain yeah. recipes mm-hmm. it can balance some of the sweetness. You know, in a barley wine that seems a little sweet, you might add some oak and get uh, get some tannins in there, kind of balance out some of that sweetness as well. Add to the complexity. What I'm yeah, what I'm trying to do with this oatmeal stout um, is I'm trying to make it kind of lower gravity, but use the oak tannin um, in the ferment to kind of give it a little more body. You know what I mean? So so you can have this flavorful, rich beer, but have it at like 5%. Mm-hmm. God, you know, we're running long, but i got so many great questions on this, I don't want to skip any of them. All right, so uh, one person on the Quaff mailing list, my Quaff Brun and brothers and sisters down there, they got a great mailing list, and this has already been answered for them, but I thought it was a good question. So now I have one ounce of used chips. I'd like to preserve this for the next one-gallon batch of cider he was doing. Uh, how do I preserve hmm. the chips for a few weeks? I don't want them to get moldy. That's a great question. Freeze them. Freeze them. Freeze yeah, them. Right. Uh, store them in vodka, maybe. Now, would now uh, if there's moisture, pasteurize in, them in the wood. Would would, would freezing them uh, affect it at all? Well, it might well, uh, it will. You know, you may crack them, but yeah. uh, but that should. But, but that, that might actually help it. Yeah, but mm-hmm. you're not going to change the character. Uh, and I guess not necessarily for this case, but you know, if you're trying to um, go for the same character that you had. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, freezing them will preserve that same character, whereas if hmm. you uh, put them in vodka, mm-hmm. 
uh, unless you and it'll start extracting stuff. It'll, from it'll it, start extracting right? stuff, and you know the the alcohol. And I think going back to what you said earlier, you know, a high alcohol beer versus a lower alcohol lower alcohol beer. You know, different compounds have different solubilities and different kinds of solvents. Water being a very polar solvent, uh, alcohol being a less polar solvent. Uh, it's going to extract different things. So, uh, depending, you know, if you storm in water, if you boil them to preserve them, you're going to end up kind of changing that character mm-hmm. of the oak. Mm-hmm. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? It's going to depend on the right. beer and what you're what you're trying to do. But uh, I think if you're trying to preserve them as is your freezing is probably your best bet okay andrew asked uh he said i recently uh acquired an old french oak barrel from the behringer winery it's completely dried out and the hoops in the top and the bottom are loose i was curious you know where i go for barrel restoration and all that and you know you know how do i get this thing usable sounds like a good planner right yeah yeah first off don't don't acquire a a barrel where everything's loose and falling apart if you do if you get one for free uh, fill it up with uh, boiling water and make it swell. And the mm-hmm. staves will swell and it may seal up. If not, you need to go to a place like Barrels Unlimited or you know some, some cooperage where they can go ahead and rebuild it. But it's going to be more expensive than just going to some places like Barrels Unlimited to start with or your local homebrew shop and having mm-hmm. them acquire you a used barrel that's uh, tight uh, to, to start with. Uh, at least that's my experience. Uh, along the same lines, uh, I, I've, I've gotten people uh, asking me, uh, you know, how do I sanitize a barrel? I've acquired a barrel. It's a used uh, this barrel or that barrel, and I want to use it for my beer. How do I sanitize it? Now, uh, we know our good friend Gordon Strong uh, and, and an acquaintance of his. They lit a sulfur stick and put it in a, in a whiskey barrel, and the fumes uh, exploded, right? Nearly yeah. killed him, right? Yeah, blew it apart. And put him in the hospital. So be very careful of using fire yeah. anywhere, right? Yeah. Uh, what I've done is I'll, I'll take my brewing system, I'll heat up uh, some water, uh, get some, some water boiling. And generally, you don't want to use boiling water in a barrel unless it's in real bad shape. There's a temperature limit. I think uh, on the Morbier site, they have a, a document that kind of lists the temperatures you want to use in your various barrels. I think it's and the more you don't want to exceed. And the more wine. More winemaking.com. Yeah. Right, there you go. Um, and uh, so what I'll do is I'll boil up some water, and I'll mix it with tap water, at, which is cooler, and to get me kind of in that target temperature range. And you fill it up with this, this warm water or, or slightly hot water, and it will uh, help the barrel staves uh, swell and also kind of pasteurize the barrel at the same time. So you can do that. You can also use, uh, there's chemical methods, uh, which is essentially, what, uh, uh, some acids and mm-hmm. uh, and uh, some uh, sulfiding uh, compounds, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, a lot of wineries are using, uh, and some breweries now that do barrels are using ozone. They'll have an ozone machine. So they will fill it with water and put this ozone generator wand in there, and it will uh, sterilize the water and does whatever, you know, ozone does. But uh, yeah. um, Hydrogen peroxide would you could add hydrogen peroxide to the yeah. barrel. Yeah. So but, uh, generally, uh, so a billion little a billion ninety-nine little cent bottle, brown bottles. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> you swish it around in there. Yeah, and and you know, uh, sniff the bung. You know, to quote Doc, uh, because if you if that smells rancid or vinegary, don't waste your time. I bathe the, the water. The bung is clean. Yeah. yeah. Don't even waste your time because it, it's infected, and and you're it, you might as well just cut it in a planter bin now because, uh, mm-hmm. um, you know, like you said, don't just buy get any used barrel that's. 
been sitting out in a yard for a year. You know, um, wineries take very good care of their barrels. They make sure you know the humidity level has to be right, so so they're not drying out. Mm-hmm. Um, and you got to keep liquid in these things. Yeah, you do. You know, that's why you know as soon as you get a barrel, you know, fill it with beer. Or water, or you know, some sort of storage solution, yeah. and you got to keep it moist all the time. If you let it dry out, then you're in the, you know, it can become useless. Exactly. One one little word on pasteurization: uh, you need to be at least a hundred. Pasteur. Yeah, no. you need to be at least 140 degrees uh-huh. for a long time. It'd be better if you're at 160 degrees mm-hmm. for 15 minutes, half hour. Right. If you're gonna, if you're looking to heat pasteurize the barrel, well, those those batches that we did for the uh, NHC 2004, they're still perfectly clean. There's no funkiness whatsoever. Uh, you know, I, and I did I heat uh, sanitize those barrels, and then we filled them up, and uh, uh, you know, no no contaminants here. You know, four years later, it's still uh, perfectly perfectly good. Uh, one more question before we go to uh, another break and get to the live chat. Uh, George, he uh, says, I'm a big fan of your podcast show on the BN. He's talking about the Jamel show. And I've learned a lot from you in the past few months. Your show on wood aging was perfect timing. We did a wood aging show there, too. If you're interested in wood aging, you go to the thebrewingnetwork.com. Go to uh, the Jamel show page and scroll down through the list of shows. There's almost uh, you know 70 or so shows there right now. And uh, one of them is on wood aging. And he says, I've been uh, planning on brewing an IPA and using oak chips to add another dimension to the beer. Which is fine. That, that, that makes sense. He says, I'm very pleased with my current IPA recipe. I want to experiment with oak as the traditional IPAs were shipped off to India in oak barrels. And this is a common misconception that because brewers shipped beers in oak barrels, that they should have oak flavors when you're doing something uh, historic beer. That's not quite true because... The they barrels pitched. were lined with pitch. So, John, tell tell us the what did the brewers do to the barrels to to keep them from? They did this on purpose to keep them from getting oak flavor, right? Yeah, they did. They they coated them in pitch, um, very a very you know clean pitch. Brewers pitch. Yeah, they called it tar, right? Is that what you're talking about? What? Well, it's it is a, a you know pine tree type oh, resin, okay. Okay. but it's a you know it's a pitch. It's a, it's a, or like a make it more watertight, right? It is, and it and it acted like a like a shellac layer. You know, on the inside of the barrel, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, if you watch uh, if you watch Michael Jackson's Beer Hunter um, series, uh, he talked about the barrel, the Cooper Coopers at uh, Pilsner Urquell, where they had uh, the Coopers reseasoning the barrels and repitching the barrels mm-hmm. to uh, you know keep them keep them watertight and waterproof because they felt that uh, oak flavor in the in their beers were it was, didn't uh, belong. It, was yeah. a, it was a fault right, right. it was a fault that uh, they didn't want in the beer all right so let's take a short break and when we come back we're going to get uh, to the questions in the live chat room if you're uh, if you're listening you can you can click that chat now button and uh, join in with the rest of the uh, like-minded individuals and and chat about the topic we're discussing today we'll be back right after this Right. Brew smart. Brew strong. This is Brew Strong.
Hey, Push, the new brewery's looking good. Thanks, Finn. Piece by piece. Well, let's fire up. Whoa! Is that a new kettle? Yeah, just got it brand new, but paid half price. What? And that blade scale? 40% off. The new tap handle? Five bucks instead of 13. Got a new regulator for the brew sand, too, but five bucks instead of 25. Dude, where are you stealing all this stuff from? Where else? The more beer deal of the day. Announcing the Beer, Beer, and More Beer Deal of the Day. Every day, a new fantastic deal from big items to small that will blow you away. Boil kennels, carboy carriers, sterile siphon starters, digital timers. Watch morebeer.com every day for a new deal, and you just might find the item you've been waiting for at a price you cannot believe. Hurry, because stock is limited on most items. And that sweet Guinness cap, let me guess. The The More more Beer beer Deal deal of the day. Day. Yeah, I knew it. Come on, let's brew something. Find the More Beer Deal of the Day at morebeer.com. Celebrity Voices Impersonated. Attention homebrew shop owners. At Fermentap, they know you're tired of buying the same old gear that everyone else has. That's why Fermentap offers the newest and most cutting-edge brewing equipment known to man. Since 1998, Fermentap has been leading the fight against the boring and mundane by offering strange, unique, and just plain smart equipment. Like their stainless stone false bottoms. Never deal with the floating plastic castle of other false bottoms again. And since they're made from stainless steel, they'll last a lifetime. Fermentap's line of copper wort chillers are the best on the market. Designed to cool your wort faster and more efficiently than other immersion chillers. They actually invented the equipment to make these chillers not only work great, but look great too. How about a fantastic line of ingredients including vanilla beans, sorghum extract, blue agave extract, hot bitterness extract, unique wine yeast, green coffee beans, sake kits, all stuff you can't find anywhere else. Fermentap carries all the standard products and equipment you need as well, such as all grain systems, stainless hardware, kettles, carbonation stones, you name it, they've got it. Fermentap's entire line of products has been helping retail shops meet the demands of their customers for nearly 10 years, and they want to help you too. For more information, see them on the web at Fermentap.com or call Jason at 1-800-942-2750. Fermentap, better beer through innovation. You're listening to the Brewing Network. Like the Lance Armstrong of the beer world. Except for that nut thing. This is Brew Strong. All right, we're back. We're talking wood, wood aging, wood flavor. Would you do what you do <laughs> so well? <laughs> you know, I brought in a uh, a, a little short keg of uh, robust porter. We're serving it on the urinal over here in the yeah. studios. And actually, it's, 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 it's the right. famous it's Black a, Widow Porter. It's it? the Black Widow Porter from Brewing Classic Styles. If you don't have a copy of Brewing Classic Styles, go to the uh, brewingnetwork.com. Go to the store. You can get yourself a signed copy in there. It's uh, uh, help support the Brewing Network and... Uh, uh, it's a pretty darn good book, I think. Yeah. Go to your local homebrew shop. They should have it. Local homebrew shop. That's absolutely correct. Uh, always support your local homebrew shop, because without them, we would not be getting new brewers into homebrewing, and homebrewing would go south. So uh, always support your shop, and they're Which always there for you. not to you say when, Australia. Uh, when, you need, when you need something. Or India, uh, I guess. You know. That's right. Uh, and, and a lot of those guys start out as homebrewers, too, so that's you don't want to... Brazil. 
don't want to abuse those guys. All right, so we, uh, you can actually listen live to the show, and uh, if you're listening on the podcast, mm-hmm. we post the, uh, the the show times on the the main website there, thebrewingnetwork.com. And while you're listening, you can there's a chat now button. You can go in. You don't need to fill out any password or anything. Just type your name or whatever screen name you want to use and hit enter and go in. And then there's a bunch of other people in there that are like minded. They're interested in the show, interested in brewing, and you can chat with them. You can chat with the moderator. Justin is uh, monitoring. That and he will uh, kind of gather your questions. If you don't understand something we've said during the show or need some clarification or something we neglected to cover, that's how you get that asked, and we'll, we'll answer your questions live. It's one of the, the great things about doing a live show, the, uh, the uh, listener interaction. So, Justin, what do we have now? I have a question of who just refreshed their underarm deodorant. Not me. What do you mean? And oh, all of a sudden, I it washed smells my like it smells like cucumbers and melons. Oh. JP washed his hands. That's I, unusual. I washed right my hands with Schumann's uh, Fufu Bed Bath and Beyond. He uh, does go to like the. Um, it's not even the Bed Bath and Beyond. It's body the place works. in the mall, the Bath and Body Works, yeah. to get his hand soap. Oh, that's what it is. Well, see, yeah. this is, this goes to to prove what I've said about Justin's abilities to uh, detect <laughs> yes. uh, flavors and aroma. It's uh, spectacular <laughs> from he's, across he's, the room. Yeah. He has an excellent uh, but, uh, nose and palate. Only if they're related to cleaning products. <laughs> it's true. I can <laughs> smell nothing, but the, if but it's similar to hand sanitizer, he he starts getting a chubby. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. That's how he knows. There are things I like. Uh, the chat room did have some questions, and I should point out, of course, that uh, it was nothing but wood jokes all show long. <laughs> Most of them related to JP. Yeah, of course. JP really knows his wood. Oh, that's a good one. I thought JP was a master on mouth wood. <laughs> uh, JP's wood is penetrating this. Uh, it was all, the whole, sh- like, literally every other post. One of the dangers of having JP as a guest host is his, his reputation pretty precedes him. It, does, it doesn't yeah. matter how much he knows on a topic. Right. The reputation. like, you know, launching space shuttles uh, <laughs> on Thursday and he wants to talk about rocket fuel and uh, people go, ah, oh, rocket fuel. You have ex- Is that a rocket in your pocket? You have experience or? with cylinders launching yeah. them? Yeah. And JP could, could like, cure cancer. cancer. And they yeah. go, yeah, colon cancer. cancer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with his flesh needle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can't get away from it. <laughs> All right, we did have some good questions uh, coming through there. Now, you talked a little bit about the difference between cubes and chips, uh-huh. and this came up a lot of times in the chat. So okay. people want to know uh, the difference in why you would use cubes and chips, mm-hmm. and I personally want you to clarify um, where you use them, either in fermentation or soaking them, because I heard you talking about that. Uh, it sounded to me like you said you would use chips in fermentation, right. but cubes in, in soaking, in, in aging. In aging, yeah. yeah. Well, okay, so basically, if you're, if you're going to be aging your beer, I would recommend using uh, cubes. Because, um, like I was telling, like I was saying in an earlier segment, um, the heat uh, there's more surface area for the heat to penetrate. Or not, I guess not even surface area; it's just area, right? So the heat penetrates the wood uh, deeper, and so with with each incremental, you know, f- the farther down the, the the heat penetrates into the cube, you get a different flavor compound. Um, and just the chemical reaction of the heat and the sugars in the wood, um, it just kind of changes everything. So you, you, you get a wider range of flavors and aromatics than with cubes than you would with chips, because chips are flat, very one-dimensional, same color on both sides. There's not a whole lot of, of, of places to go with so it. So the heat kind of penetrates all the way through the chip, whereas the wood, the cubes... Uh 
they the uh, they're 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 firing up from exactly one side right. and it's protected on the other side and so it kind of goes through instead of all around. Exactly. You get a gradient. You get a. a Different variation in flavors. If you, yeah. if you got a sample of each, it, it, it's very evident as as to what what's going yeah, on. Yeah, exactly. If you if you go to uh, to any site, uh, I think Northern Brewer has pictures, but I know More Beer has pictures of oak cubes. And you look at them, and you see them right there. It's like uh, mm-hmm. you know you're in the the mountains or the desert or you know whatever. And you see a canyon, and the can the, the dirt levels are kind of just evident. Mm-hmm. It, it looks like that. Stratification, exactly the, right. Uh-huh. It's just like that. So and so, if we were to generalize. If you need quick oak flavor, either you're using something like chips or you're mm-hmm. using a lot of cubes, right? Yeah, exactly. If yeah. you're if you're going for a long stretch of time, kind of avoid chips because it's going to extract some unpleasant tannins. Maybe chi- uh, cubes are better over a long period of time. And that's kind of maybe the breakdown. Yeah, it's what kind of beer and and how long you're going to be aging it for. Like if you like like uh, the guy who was talking about it, he wants a little IPA, a little oak on there. Mm -hmm. I would do chips for like a week. Yeah, because IPA you got to you got to drink them fast. Yeah, well, and there's a lot of other nice little flavors in there, and the oak will will balance that out. I I would do like uh, American oak. Because mm-hmm. it has a kind of lighter, you know, softer flavors. A little vanilla might, you know, in there might be pretty good. You could do a little French in there too. You could do a blend, you, you know, whatever. A little French, he said. Do a little you could do a little French, but I wouldn't do cubes because there's no point. I mean, you know, you're you're putting them in there for two weeks. Um, you know, then you're compromising the freshness of the beer. I think at that point. Huh. Okay. You know, if you want to put them or in there, you may prefer so. a big Hungarian. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't? No, not me. Oh man. All right, how about oak infusion spirals, which it's a new product, right? It's relatively new, yeah. So so it's it's just a a, a, a long spiral, maybe a, a couple feet long or a foot and a half or something of just a, a spiral. And what those are really for, they're just, uh, uh, they're called uh, barrel replica kits. All right. Um, so they're pretty much for wineries who, uh, you know, after a certain amount of time, a barrel will, what they say, is go neutral. They'll, you know, you, you get a new barrel, um and it's it's really intense. The next year you use it, in, you know, in winemaking. Um, it's not so intense, but it's still pretty good. And there's a progression to a certain point. I want to say the oak runs out of five flavor. years, yeah, or something like that. You extract what you're going to get out of it, and they 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 deem that as going neutral. Mm-hmm. Uh, but barrels are so expensive <clears throat> that. Um, that these companies have come up with ways like well like chips and uh, and, and cubes um, and staves and these oak infusion spirals um, that you can put in the same barrel so you don't have to buy a new barrel but you still get a, a decent amount of oak flavor in them to to get the flavor but you're still yeah. getting the uh, evaporation and oxidation that you get exactly. from the the barrel itself. Yeah, right. exactly. Okay. So this person just wants to know if, uh, how to use it. Or no, well, I just was asking about it. experience with them, and, and I don't have any experience with them. Um, be careful! Don't get you know. It's probably cheaper, and more effective to use cubes. To use and cubes. easier to use cubes. and, and okay. easier to store it in between in between runs and more that, consistent because yeah. the, the 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 spiral is going to kind of you know you're going to have to store it and it's going to change over time. The more you use it, the more it's going to. It's more for full-size wine-making barrels, things that'll be in there for a year or something like that. It's, I wouldn't really, you know, I would just go with cubes. Okay. I think I first heard about it over on, I think it was the More Beer Forum, um, but this is one of those products, as with a lot of new products, just search your favorite forums and you'll find people that are trying them out for the first time and reporting about it. Just uh, do a search for Oak Infusion Spirals. Uh, okay, and then the last question that came through from the chat. Actually, no, I've got two more. Uh, this one was about sanitizing your cubes 
in, say, whiskey or bourbon. A lot mm-hmm. of people are soaking them for the flavor anyway. Yeah. So is that a way to sanitize them rather than the steaming that you guys were talking about? No, because you need a higher alcohol percentage to kill anything in there than would be in with like a whiskey or a bourbon or something like that. Okay. Um, but I do, I do recommend uh, experimenting like along those lines. Let them soak. You know, put them in a nice whiskey or, or, and again, what you see is what you get. You know, if you have a, a, you know, old granddad, you know, whiskey or something like that, it's not really, (laughs) you know, as opposed to... Just get old granddad's crotch flavor. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Geppetto's Geppetto's old granddad. Yeah, don't get anything with a handle in it or sold in a liter and and expect (laughs) it to taste good because it's been in oak and it goes in your beer. You know what I mean? Use something nice. Yeah, any any, any, uh, whiskey sold in a six-pack? Yeah, probably, probably, probably not, not that good. <laughs> Six pack of canned whiskey. Yeah. yeah, anything including a funnel, you just stay away from. <laughs> All right, and last question. This wasn't really about oak aging, but I did think it was a good question that maybe you guys could tackle. Uh, this person wants to uh, use oak to capture bugs, so kind of soak them in a in a Brett beer or something sure. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so he wants to know, uh, you know, that way he can sort of add oak and add bugs to a beer, mm-hmm. maybe at the same time. So if so. Is, is it a good idea, is his first question. And if so, um, how's he going to store those oak chips after he well, soaks them? You know, uh, Vinny is very uh, fond of distributing uh, chips and stuff from his uh, uh, batches that he does uh, loaded with bugs. And he'll dry them. He just spreads them out, lets them dry, and then he hands them out in little baggies to people at uh, homebrew stuff. I mean, it's really wonderful of him to do that. Hmm. And what you do, you just toss them in, and then, sure enough, the bugs start right up. So things like Brett really do well digging into the wood and, and living and uh, and surviving. And I think uh, Lactobacillus and Pediococcus and things like that will as well. The, uh, the, the only caveat I have is... You know, if you if you just start with something like a Rosalaire pack from um, uh, Y yeast or a Belgian sour from uh, tube from uh, uh, White Labs, what you pitch into your your beer at that time, and the result you get if you throw in oak and then harvest the oak to to, to produce to another batch is going to be different than what you got uh, when you just used the pack, right? So the pack will give you one. They've got a certain balance in there. And then when you take the oak cubes, not you're not going to have the exact same blend going off of that. So it's right. going to be different. It's still a very fun way to you know experiment with beer. If you've got beer to experiment with, I would definitely do it. And and what you do is just uh, you know after you've racked the beer, you uh, you know lay those cubes out and let them dry. I would not heat them up because you heat them up, you're going to start killing things. Uh, but uh, put them in protective and let them try and air them out. Turn them over a few times so they can uh, dry properly. You don't want to store them wet. Uh, if you do store them wet, like John was saying, put them in the freezer. Uh, although that can that can kill some stuff, but I think you still be all right. <laughs> Most stuff isn't gonna isn't gonna die being frozen. All right, that's it from the BN Army in the chat room. Like Jamil said, make sure you join the chat uh, when we do these. We'll be posting the shows well in advance from here on out. This was our first launch of the show, Brew Strong Weekend. So come on, join the chat uh, when we do these in the future. You can ask your own questions. Great. So anything to recap, JP, on on wood? Anything you think uh, the listeners should know? Uh, try it, definitely. If you haven't done it, do it. Don't go overboard. You can always add more. You can't take away unless mm-hmm. you blend. Um, and just have fun with it. You know, there, there's there's a, a myriad of choices, uh, you know, and flavors that you can do blending together. Uh, light toast, American, heavy toast, Hungarian. 
stuff in the ferment, stuff in the secondary, you know, whatever you want to do. Um, have fun with it. Just, you know, watch out. Don't go overboard. And maybe if you've, if you've got, uh, uh, you know, a, a five-gallon batch, you could split it, yep. do half on oak, half, half without, right? Exactly right. Good yeah. way to do it. Well, that is a great show. I think we uh, learned a lot about wood aging beer or, or, or you know, wood getting wood flavors in beer. Good. Yeah, Good. I learned a lot. Right. I appreciate your, your time here, uh, both JPs. Hey. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think I think it worked really well. If you're uh, a listener uh, and you want to uh, join us live, you know, again, these shows are done live at thebrewnetwork.com. Uh, go to the Brew Network store. There's lots of great things there. You can get Brew Strong shirts. And I think they're really cool. Uh, real real simple. Something you can wear anywhere that uh, uh, nothing offensive on it, as, as you might find <laughs> occasionally in, in some of the programming here when I get out of control. And what else? Thanks for I'm having lost. me. Yeah, I, I appreciate I'm, it. it was a good I'm time. having a great time with this dude. This is yeah. our fourth episode now. It's a good show, and uh, I think I think we're having a having a blast. I'm having fun with it. You know, I, um, at first I didn't know because I wasn't involved in it, but now that I'm involved in it, it's my stamp of approval. Well, we became desperate and uh, you know, need, needed needed somebody <laughs> to fill the chair. And, you know, so. Good answer. Good evening, friends. All right, we'll see you later, Bruce Strong. Bruce Strong, everybody.